Daniel Tucker is a spiritual tradie. By day, he lays concrete. And by night, he chats with an array of teachers, healers, and business owners. They discuss personal insights, challenges, and wisdom, along with daily practices that have shaped and enhanced their lives. Through an unscripted sharing of stories that are packed with entertaining tales. A perspective on spirituality for everyone, even tradies. Oh. You're, you're the um, Prime Minister of... The- <laughs> President of, of yeah. Meditation Australia. Yeah, yeah right. And yeah. so what else? Sorry. First of all, you're David Packman. Yes. And um, you, um, you're President of Meditation Australia. Um, what, what else do you do? I know there's a bunch of things. So. Uh, yeah, there's a few things. I mean, primarily... Fifth um, Dimension? The Fifth Direction. Fifth Direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is... Um, that's, so that's kind of my primary mm-hmm. um, interest in kind of um, running that show. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, with the presidency of, of MA, which I took over uh, just at the end of last year, so it's still relatively, relatively fresh. Yeah. Um, but those are the two main things. And you do Wim Hof... Um, ice baths, which we did this morning. Yeah, so I'm a certified Wim Hof instructor, mm-hmm. um, also a certified um, heart, ma- heart math coach. Yes. So those are the two kind of those are my kind of areas of, of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but my meditation practice is, is founded on um, on uh, Tibetan Buddhism style. Yeah. Um, so as far as personal practice, mm-hmm. um, that's 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 where that goes. And you also um, have blood cancer is that correct yeah so yeah i mean sort of to step back uh, i was diagnosed back in 2011 so mm-hmm. um prior to that and a couple of other things i was i was very heavily in the corporate world so i spent kind of 20 years um ha- with, with a global position what was um, what were you doing i uh, did a couple of different things i spent a lot of that time uh at aol time warner when that was one company. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, a vice president there looking after communications for uh, all of Europe and all of Asia. So mm-hmm. living, splitting my time between um, Hong Kong and, and London. Mm. Um, when I finished up there, I started a PR agency uh, called The Source Agency, which um, ended up being a multinational as well. Yeah. And so that's was, before spirituality? No, it was, there was definitely an element through, but but mm. clearly very different focus. Like mm. it was always there. Um, I kind of grew up between Byron Bay and, and Melbourne. Yeah. And um, so um, my mum always had a, had, a, had a highly spiritual life. So I was always um, across that and she was, she was meditating and very heavily into Kundalini and things. So um, it was, I was always exposed to it. But like most, um, I guess, teenage boys, I was quite rebellious. So I, I felt that that was kind of, mum's kind of thing and it was a bit odd um and it wasn't until later when um life kind of came and smacked me in the face that i realized that she was onto something (laughs) yeah 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 so how did that how did that unfold for you um you know i'll take a step back i have this analogy which um um is not mine um it's a, a great friend of mine um by the name of James Greenshields, who you may have may have uh, heard of, but um, he he has this analogy which he calls the, the feather, the brick, and the train. And I've kind of taken it on board and, and owned it because it really resonates with me. But the idea being that if you're living incongruent to your values, you know, and your own true nature, you know, life's got a way of kind of telling you. Yeah. Um, and it will start off like a bit of a tickle under the chin with a feather, you know. And most of us at that point um, tend not to listen, and mm-hmm. you keep ploughing on, expecting that you know you're going to achieve 
um, you know, happiness and, 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 and whatever else you're after in life through, through the method that you've chosen, but clearly it's, it's ineffective <laughs> and not, 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 you know, not, not in keeping with your, your, your true self and, and, and your deep, mm. deeply held values. Mm. And if you don't listen to the feather, well, you know, the brick generally comes along and hits you in the face and a lot of people still don't listen at that point and, you know, then the train wreck comes and you've really got no choice but to turn the dial in, inwards and mm-hmm. look inside and kind of find, find that, you know, whatever meaning you can, which makes sense for you, I guess your, your spiritual essence, you know, yeah. but it's odd that it takes a, a kind of a calamity in the, your external conditions in order for that to happen a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, yeah, you know, it, it probably started, um, in, in 2007, uh, my sister took her own life mm. and that was probably, um, well for me, I kind of ripped me apart at that point that was, mm. and, and really sort of began the, the deep journey for me there. Um, a couple of years later, my mum was very sick with cancer, and um, and she decided to to um, to take her own life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, actually, six weeks after my mum died, I was diagnosed with uh, cancer. Mm. So it was kind of like definitely were you, were you living in Australia at that time. Yeah, I'd moved home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd moved home um, just previous to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a, a lot of a lot of that because of some of these family issues, which are starting to, starting to um, become fairly intense. Mm. So you, that was your train then, obviously. The, yeah, that's those sort of three things, um, kind of. Yeah, um, mm. so I completely gave up on 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 corporate life. But you know, it wasn't me, and it wasn't like like it wasn't me anyway. You know, it, it felt, you know, in hindsight, it felt like I was kind of, you know. Um, moving in a direction that wasn't my true self anyway and you kind of look back and wonder why and um you know my dad was was a big corporate guy and i was probably just doing what he did and not really giving it too much thought you know Mm. um but not loving it and thinking that there was always something more i mean before before i began in the corporate path i was actually um a hot air balloonist that's right (laughs) yeah yeah right so what was that like that was i did that for five years you know and that was kind Mm. of i guess it's funny that i had this big corporate career in between but it feels like i was perhaps more in touch with myself back then yeah because that in in some sense that was a kind of very you know spiritual time what's in a involved way. with becoming a hot air balloonist well how yeah. much training do you need to do to get well it's, it's basically um and this is a long time ago now so i'm mm. speaking about my particular journey at the time which was you know back in the 80s mm. um it was a matter of just you, you do the same written exams as a fixed wing pilot, so it's all the same. Mm. But instead of doing your hours of training in a in a in a in a fixed wing aircraft, you're doing it in a hot air balloon. Yeah. So you know, back then, if I wanted to get my fixed wing pilot's license, it was simply a matter of the hours I'd be exempt from the from the paper exams. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how um how hairy was it? How hairy? Oh man, <laughs> that, that's that, there's probably a whole nother conversation in 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 those five years um but no i mean i I loved that time i mean Mm. i got to travel all over the world with with that um with that profession i guess and um yeah you know for me and i've I've spoken about this in the past but it was kind of like my version of my backpacking days yeah um getting to travel around europe getting to travel around the u.s and yeah so you just rock up in another country and be like i'm a pilot well no no it was it was um so i was working for a company that was essentially like a um I guess like a an advertising company, except their medium was, you know, banners on the side of hot air balloons. Right. So you know, you'd go to um, yeah product launches, music festivals, 
whatever, but, but you know, you'd take the balloon as a kind of giant mobile billboard. So yeah, and you'd fly it around. And, and you'd fly it around, but behind that you've got crews and, and like all the, um, you know, the, the admin stuff that goes along with any business. It's a big thing. It's not mm-hmm. just the actual flying of the thing. Yeah. Um, but you also, you're working on movie sets, you're working on TV commercials. I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do and yeah. it really kind of as a young kid like i was only in my early 20s it was it was just amazing mm, sounds, so, sounds like a pretty unique kind of thing to do oh man it was <laughs> it was it was fantastic and interestingly enough that's kind of where i got my grounding a little bit for into the corporate world because i ended up you know doing kind of the marketing and the pr and working directly with the the corporates that were our clients yeah so i ended up kind of having to wear a different hat you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. and so it kind of got it's set me on the road i guess in terms mm. of so that's why the transition into the corporate world probably isn't as bizarre as you might think because mm-hmm. yeah. you're already kind of doing that from the, that position anyway. yeah yeah, yeah exactly so mm. it, it seemed relatively what actually happened was i went to africa when i finished ballooning and in terms, it was kind of a time when I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my young life, mm. and um, and ended up sort of figuring that I wanted to get into the PR. Got back to Australia after my African adventures and kind of wrote letters to different companies and yeah, um, kind of got in that way. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to have a story about one hairy moment on a hot air balloon. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Got a bit windy, or yeah, no, storm I mean, rolled look, in. There's, there's probably more than one. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull pull one out. But yeah, you know, there, there was definitely times when mm. um, the the weather changed more than you had anticipated, and and there were a couple of couple of moments. I never had anything. You didn't, particularly... didn't drift over into a, into international airspace and nearly got shot down by anyone. <laughs> All right, no, well, yeah, there's some stories there in Turkey where we we've, we've had guns pointed at us. Definitely. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but um, I do uh, recall. Um, flying over a border in Europe um, into Spain when we didn't have the right papers. So we actually kind of illegally... Um, crossed the border. Crossed the border and we ended up actually in a bit of trouble. It looked like we were going to end up um, held overnight in jail for a while there. But the but the 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 um the, what we'd actually done was illegal importation of an aircraft. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I can actually say <laughs> that, I, you know, we didn't... We we didn't get charged, but it was looking that way for a while. So mm. I think that would have been a funny thing to have on the uh, on the resume. <laughs> yeah, smuggled, smuggled aircraft across the international. Border. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was really just not reading a map, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. So you then got into um, your role in PR. Oh, sorry. Yeah. In, in corporate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, that started um, just working for a PR agency, a, mm-hmm. a big. PR agency. I, I was living in Sydney at that time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I kind of just worked my way up from from the ground floor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up um, a, a few years later um, looking after court comms for AOL, if you remember the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. And then I ended up looking after the, the region for them and then Time Warner came along and mm-hmm. um, it became AOL Time Warner and everything kind of exploded. Yeah. So it kind of just went from there, really. Next thing I knew, I was I was a VP and looking after a couple of regions and yeah. in a pretty stressful environment. But, you know, it was fun all the same. It just wasn't me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, like I don't I, – I have wonderful – particularly that some of the people that I met along along the journey um, are still, I would count, among my closest friends. Yeah. So, so you think there's great. some of it that you were like obviously at the start when you're learning it, you're really interested and you start – the momentum takes you to that point. And then you realize that it's not really you? Well, yeah, you sort of, I mean, I was looking at what, what, you know, 
where I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reaching one point when the, the person more senior than me, I, I just couldn't, I just, that would have been the worst thing in the world to have that, that man's job. I, I, he was just so stressed all the time. And, and I was thinking, you know, that's, that's my, he is, is me. You it's know, your future. In, in, yeah, in a, yeah. In, in a couple of years' time or whatever, if I continue on this trajectory. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, no thanks. So then it was like, well, what are you shooting at here? Yeah. And, you know, was it more money, which didn't, you know, which, I mean, you know, that becomes, that gets old pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, if that's, if that's what you think is your passport to happiness, well, you're entirely wrong. So I was looking, <laughs> at, I was looking externally for, mm-hmm. for what I thought was going to be the path and, and, and happiness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after these events um, with my own health and with my sister and my mum, I realized that, you know, I was pointing my compass in the wrong way mm-hmm. and it needed to be inwards and that's where I would find the answers and that's why the company is called the fifth direction yeah because the four directions being northeast south and west and the fifth direction being inside beautiful when you took the fifth direction what kind of journey did you take did you go you know to overseas to find a teacher or um um no, no, I didn't go overseas. I, I just became this kind of sponge, probably similar to you in a way. You just yeah. want to, you just once the door opens, you just want to kind of learn as much as possible. So I was kind mm. of just reading and listening and meeting people and talking and getting involved in as, as many different kind of varieties of, of spiritual experience that I could, different mm-hmm. types of meditation styles, and just trying to kind of figure out what resonated with me and what talked to me, and yeah. uh, kind of just honed it down but I was also you know at that point I was also battling with um, definitely you know heavy grief and mm. and also trying to figure out my health and you know there were physical things that were going on so for me as, as much as it being a kind of um, wanting to learn more and more and more there was also a much more imminent situation which was actually just kind of get my life back together yeah so so what um, did you like you use Wim Hof method for your for your illness, yeah. Well, th- well, that came a lot later, actually. Okay. I mean, that's only you know in the scheme of things, that's only relatively recently. Yeah. Um, um, so conventional medicine then? No, I no, I, I was always well. You know, I'd have to dig. I'd have to sort of. We'd have to talk a little bit about my exact condition. Um, mm-hmm. to, to, but there's there's no real need for me to do anything drastic. Okay. Um, at this stage, um, because it's a it's a kind of progressive, s- slow moving progressive cancer. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's really just more about looking after yourself, yeah. okay. and I mean that you know, in all aspects of looking after yourself, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, kind of going from there. And for me, over the journey, my, my blood counts have been relatively stable, so I'm I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, um, you know, it's 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 a situation. You know, it's not going to correct itself, which is you know, so it's it's it, it will always be there, mm-hmm. but it's just a matter of management and just kind of yeah, a, a little bit of uncertainty. But you know what? Mm. we've all got that yeah and and a lot of the work that i do is around um death literacy as well Mm -hmm. and you know i'm no different from anybody else you know Mm. i can still go out and get hit by a bus and i think that it's really important that that that's the reminder because you know when when you get given a cancer diagnosis you sort of think oh wow my life is finite Mm -hmm. but it is anyway it was before that yeah yeah. it was before that And, Mm. and a lot of us go around um, even if we don't believe it in the conscious mind, that it's subconsciously behaving like we live forever. Yeah. Um, you see mm. it 
all the time. Yeah. You know, and and if you dig down to people's fears, like the ice bath is a fear, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, our two greatest fears, the fear of death and the fear of social humiliation, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. an ice bath plays into one of those two fears or both. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much any fear you have will tap into one or both of those fears. Yeah. So if you can take those as the root fear, the fear of death, and kind of mm-hmm. um, not overcome that, but mm-hmm. rest easily. I was speaking about this in the, I think the last podcast I did about death, yeah. And we, I was saying that because we don't contemplate death or we don't confront what death is, we don't confront the finite aspect of our life mm. and therefore we don't understand what life is or what life isn't. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and mm. if you think about some of the subconscious decisions that you're making as a result of that lack of understanding, yeah. you know, they can be very short-sighted and mm-hmm. they can be very self-limiting. Yeah, but, but, And also, yeah, you can end up doing things for your whole life, mm. like this long-term goal, like 40-year plan, has nothing to do with being alive. <laughs> well, and you, you may know. never get there. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I work with a lot of people. Um, I have a lot of one-on-one clients as well, you know, mm-hmm. private clients. And it's really interesting to hear how many of them say, you know, when I'm 75 and I look back and I feel like saying, if, if you're lucky. Yeah. Because they, they've kind of inherently built into the fact that they'll be doing that, you know. Yeah. And it comes all the way down back to the way we greet and farewell each other. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, often a very common thing for us to say in Australia is, you know, see you soon. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty presumptuous. Mm. Like it'd be much. You wouldn't want that to be the last person you said to someone. Yeah, yeah. The last yeah. thing you said to someone. Mm. But you know, so maybe deep down in that subconscious, there's still this this belief because you absolutely believe when you say that that you'll see that person again soon. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's 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 far better to say something a little more in the moment. Yeah. And in keeping with the absolute truth you know as you leave today I'm not, not going to say that right? yeah that's right that's right that's right yeah I'll say see you later yeah, yeah. well say whatever you, you, you would want to say to that person if you weren't ever going to see them again yeah you know mm. I mean that might sound a bit dramatic and it wouldn't be like this overwhelming yeah. oh Good, my god I love you and half you an t- hour yeah exactly but, but you know where I'm going yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so there's so many different aspects that I could I want to talk to you about and, um, but I'm going to go back to um sort of finding your spiritual path in that dark time um specifically like buddhist you said buddhist tibetan meditation yeah, yeah. um how did you f- come across that look it was always there um there were books around the house from mum and there was lots of lots of uh, and also living in hong kong there was i'd had lots of bits and pieces of exposure to it so um in reading that stuff it, well the more i came across it the more it resonated with me mm-hmm. and it seemed as if um, it was kind of there already in me, if that makes sense. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, you, you kind of read these bits and you feel like, you'd almost feel like it, you were relearning knowledge that you already had in a strange way. Yeah. So um, it, it just seemed organically like the direction that I was headed in. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, getting involved with people that were heavily down that path and finding out more and more and learning styles of meditation and kind of um, starting to guide my life in that direction felt, really easy for me because mm-hmm. I didn't come across anything that, that jarred or that felt incorrect if that, if that yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so um so that that was kind of where I naturally went it wasn't like I woke up and said that's it that's the choice it was just mm-hmm. it seemed to be the, the path that was opening up for me yeah and um do you have any like teachers that that inspired you early on that sort of you can tell me about um look for me it was just all the readings, that, books, yeah, yeah, you know, it was all the Have stuff. A favorite, that, a favorite book that you read that first inspired you? Then, oh, look, you know, it was interesting because um, when Mum was was 
losing her life, we used to read from the um, the Tibetan Book of the of the Dead, mm-hmm. and so for me, that's that's a pretty um, root text for me, and I love going yeah. back to that book. But it because it, it reminds me of it just it just brings back a lot of beautiful memories because mm-hmm. whilst that process of is you know on on the surface very very difficult, there's also so much beauty in it, mm-hmm. and and I look back at those times with mum and and you know. For a mother and a son, there was nothing left unsaid. It was just that we just had all these beautiful moments um, within this intensely difficult time. And that book was kind of almost an underlying foundation. I've heard a lot of Wim Hof from like Joe Rogan podcast and um, he's been circulating in my awareness for ages. And like today, I finally got the guts to come and try it out at your place. And um and yeah, it's this. It's so. It's like a big movement, isn't it? The the Wim Hof thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. And and a bit like you, it was kind of hovering around in my, in my circle of of, mm. of, of vision for a while. And um, but for me, it was just kind of this crazy Dutch guy who'd who'd, who'd broken a lot of world records. And um, yeah. And I couldn't really see exactly, you know where it fitted in for me. So it was kind of just on the periphery. And it's like, oh, mm. Wim Hof's come up again on my radar. But, yeah. you know, but it was one night I actually was um, sitting at home and I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but the Vice documentary on Wim Hof mm-hmm. just happened to come on. Yeah. Um, and, and I watched it and it was then that I felt this real connection to the whole, the whole thing. Mm. Um, Do you want to just give a quick rundown of what, what he is for people that don't know? Yeah, look, he's just um, he, he's a he, he's a Dutch guy who who is he has a he has the Wim Hof um, method, which is basically breathing, meditation, and 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 cold exposure, mm-hmm. um, jumping jumping in the ice. And the idea is that while each of those pillars in and of themselves are actually good for you, the combination of the three and the way he does it sort of turbocharges the whole thing. Yeah, um, and he he came from a place of of actually deep despair. He lost his his wife committed suicide. She mm-hmm. had. Um, uh, she had uh, uh, bipolar, I think, mm-hmm. and um, he found that just innately jumping in the ice in his hometown in Holland um, moved him away from from the grief. And the only time he kind of felt he was able to kind of find his own true center again was when he was under the ice. So it was more mm-hmm. of a he was just drawn to it. So it was a very natural process. He wasn't doing it to kind of then go and sell it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it, it just it just evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess to cut a long story short, his, his physiology started to change, mm. um, and as a result of that, he was able to do incredible things and like walk through the ice naked. Well, is that one of them. Lots. Well, so mess. I mean, he's got like twenty mm. something world records now. Yeah, right. So, but not just in the ice. And this is the interesting thing. I mean, he also mm. ran a marathon um, in the Sahara in, in with no water. Yeah, right. So, like you know, he can do lots of different things but you know the the entry point into understanding his body mm-hmm. um came through the came through the the ice and mm-hmm. um you know the idea being that you know we have somatic and autonomic processes in our body yeah and obviously as we all know the reason that we focus on the breath in meditation is because it's both those things mm-hmm. it's both somatic and autonomic in in the sense that i can control my breath but if i'm having a conversation with you it still happens automatically so it's both Mm -hmm. and the idea being that you know Wim believes and science is fleshing that out that we have much more control over our autonomic processes than we'd previously imagined Mm -hmm. so that includes things like the immune system which is pretty cool yeah so the idea is that the breath gives us an entry point in because it's both Mm -hmm. but once we've achieved that then 
control as possible over other autonomic processes. Yeah. So um, and he teaches that how to well it, it's it's a, it's almost like a consequence of doing the Wim Hof method. Okay. Yeah. Like it's 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 not really something you can teach. It's what you're teaching is is is, is making that connection again, mm-hmm. and then once that's in place then you get to understand your own body. Yeah, right. So um, it mm. just all starts to happen, like you're just switching on or relearning because, you know, as, as he likes to say, we're all capable of so much more than we believe we are. Mm-hmm. So the idea is once you open that doorway, once you open that gateway mm-hmm. and that understanding, then lots of things are possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that how, and back to how you got involved in it and... All that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, okay. So, so I sat down that night and I, I watched the documentary. Yeah. And um, felt that it was part of where I was headed. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually, as soon as it finished, I, I jumped on the internet and I googled the, the breathing process and I, I followed it online mm-hmm. and did what you did this morning. You know, with the, with the breathing and the breath hold and and I felt like amazing like mm. you know i think it was like two o'clock in the morning after the documentary finished i just did it and, and i felt amazing and i just mm. immediately knew that you know yeah. this was something that i wanted to really invest a lot of time in so mm. um i did his 10-week online course and and then it so happened that he was coming out um here yeah so um i went to his thing here and actually got a chance to um have a chat with him one-on-one and, and i started talking to him about my you know about my specific blood condition mm-hmm. and he had a few little tips and he, and I went and tried them and they they appeared to work mm-hmm. um, and so you know my, my interest was sort of peaked even further you know so I just ended up stepping through the hoops and becoming um, a certified instructor and, and getting mm-hmm. to know Wim pretty well along the way cool and so, when did you do that here or overseas um, I did it here but I was yeah. really lucky because mm-hmm. it just it just it was almost you know, I'm sure you've had those but it, it all just fell into place yeah like it just without even trying it just all fell into place mm-hmm. so you know a lot of people need to travel to Amsterdam Poland and other places in order to do this stuff it, I just it just all happened like it was just lined up perfectly beautiful so you sort of feel like you're on the right path when that happens yeah yeah and um, what, are, what are some of the benefits of, of this like you know to say something about arthritis before that... well you know um, yeah I mean it's definitely good for yeah, at, at the basis of Almost all diseases, if not all, it's, there's, a, there's an inflammatory process going mm-hmm. on. Um, yeah, even when it comes to depression and anxiety, some of the latest research is showing that it's, it's inflammation in the brain that sort of kicks mm-hmm. off that, you know, to, to some degree. Um, and there's certainly research going on in the US right now around Wim Hof's method and bipolar. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Um, so for a starting point by going through this method, you're really flushing out a lot of that inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, I get a fair bit of inflammation because of the cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that whole process for me has just completely changed since doing this method. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've even seen it in my blood markers because obviously I get regular blood workups and you can see that the What, what kind of things are in, the, in the blood are coming up? Just Things like, like um, ANA, which is the uh, anti-nuclear antibodies, which is the antibodies that we produce when, um, when um, autoimmune conditions start to kick in. That mm-hmm. just shows how much antibodies are in the blood that are actually attacking your own... Um, you know your own good healthy good cells yep, exactly yep. so um and if you're positive if you've got a positive ana it means that just, there's some autoimmune activity going on mm-hmm. um and that's that's for me that had been positive at varying degrees of positivity for you know, my whole journey with cancer but mm-hmm. the last couple of blood tests it's been undetectable so so it's regressed yeah it's regressed and it's not supposed well, it's to. gone away it's not, but it's not supposed to 
Not really. No, <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not, a, not. I wouldn't say that that's the norm at all. So um, yeah. there's definitely a correlation there. I mean, you can never mm. be certain that it's that. Like, I couldn't say it's absolutely because, of, but it feels that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. And um, just general well-being as well, I guess. It'd be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean. Mm. I mean, I don't know. How did you feel after the breathing today? It's pretty amazing. It was, it was pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, felt, I felt it go to everywhere that that had inflammation in my body. Yeah, like right. It went to places in my legs where I was sore from the gym and yeah. places in my back where I'm sore from work and felt it, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when you're getting, when you're, you know, you're filling your body up with, with that much oxygen, you become like super efficient, right? Mm, so, yeah. um, and it gets, yeah, right to the, all the places. Because generally, you know, I mean, for most people, um, we don't breathe well, you know, mm. um, and we're often producing energy in a very inefficient manner. Yeah. Um, when, when we're producing um, energy optimally, like the body's got enough oxygen, there's no byproducts. Mm-hmm. So there's no acid byproducts. Yeah. Like take lactic acid, for example. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a product of inefficient energy production. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a cyclist who hits that point where they're producing a lot of ac- lactic acid, that's just because the body's worn down to the point where it can't keep optimally producing energy through it's not getting enough oxygen yeah so it will start producing lactic acid the reason being that the energy the the way that the body produces energy at that point um is is a fermentation process yes and the byproduct of fermentation is lactic acid and other things so that's why we start to feel pain Mm -hmm. so it's Um, not, not enough oxygen or too much co2 uh well in that in that point of view it's it's not enough oxygen okay from the point of view of energy production Mm -hmm. yeah cool Mm. And, um, yeah, so is there, is there any more on that that you want to talk oh, about? Oh, there's so much. I yeah. Mean, could, yeah, I mean, you know, I do these kind of um, advanced Wim Hof courses where we talk about the science and, mm. you know, they run over um, three or four weeks and they're an hour and a half each time and so we can talk about the science till we're black and blue. But the, yeah. but the bottom line is that there's, there's a lot to it and, and really um, more and more is, is coming out. Mm-hmm. And that's the most interesting thing. Like you listen to the guys that are kind of at the cutting edge of this and it's like, and that's all we know so yep. far. Like there's probably a lot more benefits mm-hmm. that we're only just beginning to understand now. And that's, that's, the, um, that's the interesting part because, you know, we're seeing benefits for all sorts of autoimmune disease, particularly like rheumatoid arthritis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's all sorts of research going on around um, other um, conditions which it may well be beneficial for as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen people that come to my workshops for example who are regularly ice bathing and doing the whole process now with lots of different conditions and all of them appear to be getting some or other form of benefit from it whether it's mm. if it's you know, whether or not it's directly um doing something at the core of their condition or whether it's just helping with the periphery stuff like pain mm. management or even just mindset mm-hmm. and that, that's great yeah yeah mm. so there's some people like you know that come and do these kinds of things and then leave medication behind, for example. That, that's definitely happened. I mean, mm. Wim can definitely, there's tons of stories. Um, you know, uh, I've met people with very serious conditions who have ba- either backed away from medication because they don't need it anymore or come off completely. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of rheumatoid arthritis people, um, which is methotrexate's a pretty serious drug to take and that's kind of the, one of the primary um, medications that's used with rheumatoid arthritis and if you can start to back off your use of that mm. you know, not that i'd go out and recommend backing off to anyone but yeah. you know because sometimes it's absolutely needed but yeah. but you know if, if that's a, an end result of doing this then how, mm. how fantastic is that exactly yeah yeah, yeah. um 
And what about Meditation Australia? Is that the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's essentially just the uh, the peak body for the for the meditation industry in mm-hmm. Australia. So cool. if you're out there and you're a meditation teacher and you want to be, um, you know, part of an industry association, mm-hmm. and there's obviously benefits in doing that, then you can you can join. Um, obviously, it's not it's not necessary. Yeah. But there's definitely benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can you're then kind of a, an MA registered teacher, for example, mm-hmm. um, and obviously we have lots of networking events where you can get to know other people in the industry, which is always nice. And you know, at the end of the day, though, you know, the long term view of, of the association is just to try to make meditation an integral part of, of everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sure, it's for, it's it's by it's run by meditation teachers for meditation teachers, but the end goal is obviously much broader. It's it's can you know it's like exposing as many people as as possible to the to the benefits of meditation. Um, that that's handy. It'll come in handy when I'm trying to organise getting a hundred thousand people in the MCG to meditate, right? Knowing you, wouldn't that be <laughs> wouldn't that be nicer to yeah, do that? I reckon um, we should do it. Yeah, sure. well, I've seen you know the events around the world, which is mm. I know um, you were talking about Johnny and um, he's he did a big one in, um, in was you. it Madison Square Gardens? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, which mm. was would have been unbelievable. Yeah. What about some more about the fifth direction? Fifth direction, yeah. yeah we're doing so. We've got um, so that's in Albert Park, um, as well as the Wim Hof stuff. Mm. Um, I run a men's circle. I'm really, really big on on um, working with men. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, pretty concerning statistics around 75 percent of suicides in this country being being men, yeah. and just you know, I mean, you only have to pick up the newspaper to see where we're at with that whole debate and yeah you know uh what does being a man mean what does what Mm. does what does masculinity mean and so many guys just have a complete disconnect Mm -hmm. um but they keep it all inside right yeah so the idea of of getting together uh we'd get together on a tuesday night a bunch of guys which is just growing and growing every week and Mm -hmm. sitting down um you know in, in a sacred circle and and holding space for everybody and actually listening um and speaking yeah uh, is so important mm. and you know working together to kind of you know we call it the warrior way yeah and just working together like that it's been it's been an amazing process it's probably the most gratifying thing that i do mm-hmm. um just to witness um the growth in in, in these guys and and myself just mm. being a part of it it's 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 just a fabulous process oh really good to get that out there as well that you're doing that oh look no no doubt you know um no doubt and the beauty of our circle is that um there is a cost attached but it's mm-hmm. we we we're working in partnership with a charity mm-hmm. um they're a resilient leaders foundation um which is james greenshield who i, who I mentioned before mm-hmm. and um he works with uh underprivileged and sort of at-risk boys um in terms of um their young warrior programs and things which kind of help them to understand what it takes to be a man and really walking them through that almost rite of passage. Little edit here. The uh, sound quality got some major static for about 10 minutes of this recording, so I've had to cut it out. And unfortunately, it was really cool stuff about the men's circle, but hopefully in the future... I can get over to Fifth Direction and have another live chat with David and go a bit deeper on all this stuff. 
Oh. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I feel like you do attract kind of like-minded people, right? You yeah. Know? I mean, I'm yeah. sitting in front in front of in front of you, and I feel the same way. You know, yeah. I've, been, I've been watching what you've been up to and really thinking, wow, this mm. guy's you know doing some cool stuff. Oh, and I think I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm just bringing the people that are doing all the cool stuff and having a chat with them. I feel like I'm being lazy in a way. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? I feel mm. the same way in, in mm. the sense that, um, you know, Wim Hof method, or even heart math, all of it, I'm not mm. teaching anybody anything. I'm just getting them to kind of reconnect with stuff that they already know. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm just helping people to kind of uncover it again, stuff that their body or mind has forgotten, you know? Yeah. So, but the big step is coming. Like I say to the guys in the, in the men's circle, mm. you know, to actually be conscious enough and be aware enough of yourself to say, I need this. Mm-hmm. And then to have the strength to be, to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to sit around a circle of other men and to open up to that degree. Yeah, to drive yourself to the joint, to park the car and not drive away at that point. Completely, you know, you know yeah. completely. And to go mm. in there, and it, that, that's the work. Yeah. So I say anybody who's sitting around that circle has mm. got to be a pretty special person. Even if you don't want to speak, just it, turn up. And some people mm. that happens with, they'll, mm. they, just, they just sit and listen. Mm. And, you know, that's great. You know, I often mm. say in men's circles, it's actually more about the listening than the speaking. Mm. Like, guys, you know, the speaking part can be easy sometimes. And oftentimes, you, you've got to think about the way you converse with people because are you sitting there like just waiting for the person to stop talking so that you can put your bit in yeah yeah or are you actually listening mm. you know because the idea of, of deep listening and active listening is actually a pretty it's an art form mm. it is yeah. i was actually asking johnny about the ear chakra yeah because yeah. i was like we have a throat chakra for expression but we do all this listening and that's so important but um yeah i was saying where's the ear, the ear chakra and he's basically just said that you hear on every every level the vibration on every level of the every chakra so that's yeah, true that was an interesting little combo i had with him about that <laughs> yeah well if you think about the different ways that we listen mm. um i'd say that's absolutely true mm. you're listening you know like to the through every level of your heart listening through the heart or totally the wisdom center or whatever so. i couldn't i mean i wouldn't have put it that way but having heard it that way i think it's mm. it's spot on the money yeah 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 so this is this has been amazing to have you to come and chat um, I think we'll wrap it up, yeah? Yeah, perfect. Cool. Um, otherwise, we'll just keep talking about Wim Hof and, and all, all the ice bath stuff and you'll do a two-hour discourse. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I think um, people can come and find you for that if they want to come and do those, you know, the other activities like the heart math or Wim yeah, Hof. Absolutely. Another little drop out here. Oh. Mm. And plus the energy with more people is better too. 100%. You know, you're spot on the money. So it, it, covers, it ticks a lot of boxes. But the idea on a Sunday morning is not so much that tuition part. It's simply just, you know, everything's set up. There's a venue, you know, music's playing, ice, ice is in the bath and, and there's other people doing it, like you say. Yeah. So you can just come and like join in. Because as you notice today, once people have finished their thing, everyone just hangs around and talks and the discussion is really, you know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of this collective energy that we build down there. Yeah. So I so I do run from time to time, like you know, quote unquote, you know, sort of like beginners workshops. So we start from start from scratch. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of more sporadic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a Facebook page for Fifth Direction? Yeah, yeah. It's just the Fifth Direction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, all the events are there. And um, Insta as well. Insta as well. Just yeah. my name, David at David Packman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, the, the, the men's circle and, and the Sunday morning whim sessions, that's just show up. There's no prior commitment. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. um, you don't need to do anything. But the rest of the stuff's all, all ticketed because it generally sells out. And there's only a limited space down there of about 16 or so um, seats. Yeah. So the rest of the stuff's ticketed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a little cool. bit of prior commitment. And you also have the website? Yeah, yeah. Fifthdirection.com.au. Beautiful. Yeah. And everyone can find you there. Absolutely. Well, um, thanks for coming in and chatting with me, mate. It's been awesome. No worries. Pleasure.